0: It's Thursday, March 12th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Last night, President Trump addressed the nation to explain how the US is responding to COVID-19. He talked about the importance of keeping the disease out of the US. But remember, it's already here. Then with all these new travel restrictions and government advisories, there's suddenly a lot more to consider if you're in the middle of planning a big trip. We'll break it all down for you. And finally, heads up, you've got mail. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Panera's Unlimited Coffee Subscription. Your cup is always full. COVID-19 has been in the U.S. for a few weeks. But for some, the situation really started to sink in last night when National Treasurer Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson caught the disease while in Australia. Or maybe it was when President Trump gave a rare televised address from the Oval Office to the nation.
1: My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak.
0: The part of that speech that made the most headlines last night had to do with a travel ban, A new one.
1: To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight.
0: Here's what that means. Starting tomorrow night at midnight, travel to the U.S. will be restricted from 26 European countries for 30 days. The U.K. and Ireland are excluded. And if you're a U.S. citizen or a green card holder, you're also exempt from this change which means you'll probably just have to go through more screenings or quarantine measures. But if you're a foreign national who has physically been in one of these banned countries during the last two weeks, then your entry is a no-go. The idea behind this is to keep COVID-19 out of the U.S. as much as possible. And for some, these restrictions could be a major pain in the ass if you have a trip planned. More on that later. But the bigger picture concern is that even with these restrictions, COVID-19 is already here. By one estimate, it's been spreading within the U.S. since mid-January. And critics argue that this focus on enforcing travel bans will shift important resources away from more critical battles. Battles that countries in Europe and Asia are fighting right now. Dave Keating is a journalist based in Belgium. And last night he tweeted that the weirdest thing about coronavirus is this time machine aspect. And that for countries in Europe now on nationwide lockdowns, Quote, we can see the U.S. going through things we went through last week, like hand-washing instructions. Which is one thing Trump did focus on last night.
1: For all Americans, it is essential that everyone take extra precautions and practice good hygiene. Each of us has a role to play in defeating this virus. Wash your hands, clean often-used surfaces, cover your face and mouth if you sneeze or cough, and most of all, If you are sick or not feeling well, stay home.
0: All of that is good advice. But if it's even remotely possible that the U.S. will soon be going through what Italy is going through right now, with thousands of sick patients filling up hospitals and not enough doctors to treat everyone, we should probably be looking at the large-scale things that need to get done for the U.S. to be ready for what could potentially come. And we can break down those large-scale efforts in three buckets, social distancing, testing, and hospital preparation. Let's start with social distancing. As in everything from trying to enforce your personal space on the subway to governments telling people they must stay home. Earlier this week, Italy put the entire country on lockdown and other countries are putting restrictions on schools and public events. So is the U.S. next? Well, as we saw this week, the governor of New York has already turned parts of the city of New Rochelle into what's called a containment area. And people are being encouraged to voluntarily stay at home as the National Guard distributes food and disinfects places like schools. Yesterday in Washington State, Governor Jay Inslee announced new restrictions on big group events, banning any gatherings of more than 250 people in several counties. But we haven't seen any mass mandatory quarantines in the U.S., at least not yet. Instead, we're mostly seeing less dramatic but still unprecedented forms of social distancing, like cities closing down schools, sports leagues like the NBA, NHL, and MLB suspending their seasons, or that Broadway is going dark. In his speech last night, Trump limited his talk of social distancing to more voluntary measures and just for certain groups.
1: The highest risk is for elderly population with underlying health conditions. The elderly population must be very, very careful In particular, we are strongly advising that nursing homes for the elderly suspend all medically unnecessary visits. In general, older Americans should also avoid non-essential travel in crowded areas.
0: So more people are joining the anti-social social social club in real life. But social distancing doesn't keep everyone from getting sick, which brings us to the second big measure of how a country responds to COVID-19, actually identifying who is sick through testing. In this speech last night, Trump tried to reassure people we're getting a handle on this.
1: Testing and t- testing capabilities are expanding rapidly day by day. We are moving very quickly.
0: But this morning, top U.S. health officials testified on Capitol Hill. One of those officials, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, made clear that the system just isn't set up for the kind of testing that needs to be done.
1: Yes. It, it is a failing. I mean, let's admit it.
0: That's Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's been all over cable news recently, and today he answered a question from Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The idea
1: of anybody getting it easily, the way people in other countries are doing it, we're not set up for that. Do I think we should be? Yes, but we're not.
0: Okay, that's really disturbing and I appreciate the information. So yeah, if that's the case, the US has a lot of catching up to do. According to the latest numbers, so far the U.S. has reportedly tested nearly 8,500 people, a fraction of the roughly 200,000 people reportedly tested in South Korea. And it's a much smaller country. Finally, as we've seen, after a country knows who's sick with COVID-19 comes the really difficult part, treating them. Trump didn't mention hospitals in his speech, but judging by reports from all over the country, there's a concern these hospitals might not be prepared for what's coming their way. In China, around one-fifth of people who fell ill with COVID-19 needed to go to the hospital. And some parts of Italy are facing a shortage of hospital beds. If COVID-19 gets bad in the U.S., we could have a similar problem on our hands. The latest numbers show that about two-thirds of hospital beds in the U.S. are usually already filled. And there could be even more crowding in ICUs, or intensive care units. There are just 45,000 of these ICU beds in the U.S. And some simulations of a moderate COVID outbreak suggest that the U.S. might need as many as 200,000. Not good. So what's the skin? For weeks, Americans have been watching other countries respond to COVID-19. First it was China, then countries across Europe. But now it's time for America's COVID-19 response. Experts predict a good response will require either voluntary or mandatory restrictions on people's movement, a major increase in the number of Americans being tested, and all hands-on-deck planning at hospitals. President Trump said yesterday he was confident that the U.S. would defeat this virus through tough measures, like with these new travel restrictions. But as we're seeing from other countries, there's still a lot that the U.S. needs to do on the inside to prepare. We've got more on what the COVID-19 outbreak could mean for your travel plans after the break. Keeping up with today's news cycle requires a lot of caffeine. So here at HQ, we rely on coffee for fuel. And lots of it. That's why Panera's unlimited coffee subscription has been a life and wallet saver. It's just $8.99 a month for unlimited hot and iced coffee. And hot tea, too. Think light roast, dark roast, hazelnut. All to help you get going all day long. Fuel your day with Panera's unlimited coffee subscription. Learn more and sign up at PaneraBread.com. It's Skim Money Thursday, and today we want to talk about your travel plans, especially now that COVID-19 is being called a global pandemic. You've probably got questions like, should you cancel your flight? Or put your trip planning on pause? And will travel insurance have your back if something goes wrong? Basically, Should I stay or should I go? Because now you have a lot more to worry about than finding ways to get comfortable with those 31 inches of standard legroom. Here's what you need to know. Last night, the State Department issued a Level 3 travel advisory. And that's not leveling up in a good way. They're basically telling U.S. citizens who are planning to travel overseas to reconsider because other countries might start restricting travel or quarantining people without notice. Even before this advisory, some airlines have already started waiving change and cancellation fees, depending on when your trip was booked. This includes Alaskan, American, Delta, United, and JetBlue. Each airline is doing this a little differently, so be sure to check with your specific airline to find out what your options are. And if you have travel insurance, make sure you read the fine print. Most policies won't reimburse you if you cancel your trip just because you're afraid of getting sick. And while there are so-called cancel for any reason policies, they're typically more expensive, and you could still be out for a fraction of the cost. But some providers are now updating their policies to allow claims for incidents related to COVID-19 that are not normally covered, like emergency medical care and evacuation and trip cancellation. And here's what health experts are saying. If you do travel internationally, consider whether or not this is a trip you absolutely must go on. Logistically, you should think about what you need to do if your return trip gets delayed by being quarantined for 14 days. That's the recommended time. Also, it's best to avoid large crowds since that may increase your risk. Like we said, social distancing is really having a moment now. And if you're still unsure whether or not you should take a trip, you can always check with your doctor. For more on how COVID-19 could affect your wallet, head on over to theskim.com slash money. Check your mail. Yes, really, your mail. There might be something waiting for you. It's a love letter from the government. It really wants to hear from you. Because today is the start of census season. The U.S. has been counting every single resident once a decade for over 200 years now. Usually they do that by sending a blue and white questionnaire to your house. This year's will look a little different. That's because for the first time ever, the Census Bureau is offering a new option. Drumroll, please. An online form. Welcome to the 21st century. That's right. You can answer questions like if you own your home or how many people you live with over the World Wide Web. The Census Bureau is hoping that this will increase participation and drive down costs. You might still get a mailer, but odds are it'll ask you to fill out the form online. One question you won't be asked, though, what your citizenship status is. Remember, a couple years ago, the Trump administration said it wanted to collect citizenship data to protect minority voting rights. But what some immigrant communities heard was this, you're going to be asked about your citizenship status. That set off fears about whether the Census Bureau would share that information with law enforcement. In the end, the Supreme Court blocked the question, for now. The 2020 census won't ask you about your immigration status, but just the controversy has made some people nervous about participating. Some advocates worry it'll still end up leading to a lower response rate. Why does that matter? Census data is used for lots of things, including divvying up $675 billion of federal funding. If communities don't participate, they could lose out on that federal money or get less representation in Congress. Every census expert we talked to said, if you care about the shape of your community's roads, hospitals, colleges, and Head Start programs, you should find the roughly 10 minutes it takes to fill out the form. What we're saying is, if you find yourself suddenly working from home, maybe find that time to fill it out in your pajamas. For more on how that online option could play out nationally, we've got a deep dive on the census coming out on the Skim app on Monday. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.